For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car Pilot Paul Lee and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating. It is the competitive edge. It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. This is WFO Radio. Hey everybody, WFO Radio back in the studio following a double up weekend. The New England Nationals and the Thunder Valley Nationals. We're going to have the voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt. He's going to join us on the show moments from now. We're going to break it all down, all kinds of great stuff. And Ron Caps. So fans of Ron share the show. All kinds of great stories because I was the guest on Q&A with Caps on Thursday. We went to this barbecue uh, place in Bristol, which was great. And he, you know, he just kept the mojo going all weekend long. And he won the Thunder Valley Nationals. And we'll talk about that just seconds from now. It's going to be great. I'm super excited. And this is the uh, this is the WFO for the week. We got Ignition. It's in the podcast feed right now. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. You can get that. So much fun. Michael Heiner has become like a regular guest. Derek Kramer makes his fourth final in a row. So you're going to hear that. There's going to be a new here from Heiner episode. All kinds of WFO content. But uh, this is WFO Nitro for the week. Let me tell you about the people who make it possible for me to go WFO. Like the folks at Foggett. It's so cool to see all the people with Foggett decals on their race cars participating in the contingency program at the divisional level. But then when we went to Straub Technologies and had the Rottler Total Seal honing class that I was, I got to take a class. I was there at the class, so I might as well pay attention to, you know, RZ, RPK, all of these different uh, assigned numbers uh, about surface finish inside your cylinders you're going to go through all that effort right but you're not going to protect it and there were cans of Foggett all around go to foggett.com to find out more information really appreciate those guys phillips connect do you think they had a good weekend this past weekend what do you think justin ashley wins both races that's four on the season four out of eight 50 percent as i got it uh pretty shocking Pretty shocking development. The only top fuel racer to win more than one race is Justin Ashley, and he's won four. That's kind of a career year already for Justin. Phillips-Connect, making the careers of people in the transportation industry. Simple as that. Stay connected. Stay on the roads. Stay safe. Monitor your stuff and monitor the trucks because an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. You've got a wheel hub heating up. You've got a problem on the road. Know about it in advance. Driver eight, take a break. And they pull off and you can get things fixed before something bad goes on on the highways. Go to phillips-connect.com or email me, joe, at wforadio.com, and I'll put you together. FTI Performance Transmissions and Torque Converters, you already heard a little bit about them. Let me just drive home the point. Pro Mod, Top Dragster, Top Sportsman, Big Power. When you're making big power, that's when you really see FTI performance transmissions and torque converters excel where they really break away from the field 
if you will, FTI performance transmissions and torque converters. Bernie Speed Shop, B-U-R-N-Y-Z-Z.com. That's Josh Hart's over 100,000 square feet in Ocala, Florida. They sell classic muscle cars and cars on consignment. So maybe you need a car to be sold. They can help. Maybe you're looking for a great restoration. They can help. Maybe you're looking to buy something that they've already got. They can help. Uh, maybe you're looking for an e-bike. They can help. Go to bernies.com to find out more information. Josh Hart doing a great job and having a pretty good season as well. And Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology, totalseal.com. Thinking about Hartford, been a tough couple of races, but they are working on things, you know, test mode. Like when is test mode? Test mode is when you're second in the point standings. They've now fallen back to two and they're thinking about championship. Everybody's thinking about championship and countdowns. Total Seal the case for everyone. I, I can't say for certainty that they fit 100% of the rings in pro stock, but they probably do not to mention some of the stuff that's going on out there in stock eliminator, not to mention some of the stuff that's going on out there in formula one out there at Lama. I'm sure some of those cars have total seal piston rings. I'd love to tell you, but I can't, can't tell you about that stuff you know they do have top secret stuff going on because there is a bit of a space race going on but i did take part in their total seal honing class and just the things we didn't know versus the things we know now simple as that totalseal.com make them your first call not your last call and there is a new episode of hidden horsepower up there right now dan tim who talks about smoky eunuch and has just got a lot of great stories he's been doing it a long time later on in the show, I'll tell you about Marvin Rodak, how you can get some great coffee and grills, uh, hot sauces and spice rub. Frank Hawley's drag racing school, of course, and samtech.edu. I mentioned we're doing a hidden uh, hear it from Heiner show later today. And Michael Heiner is the crew chief, along with Adam Hornberger, but he is the crew chief of the Get Biofuel Camaro that has now made four consecutive final rounds, got a win out there in Charlotte, four wide. And Pretty amazing to hear him answer questions of the WFO Patreon audience. So if you'd like to become a Patreon and get more in touch with Pro Stock, plus all the other fun stuff we do behind the scenes on the Ignition Show, become a Patreon and I'll send you a T-shirt, which I promise to do. I will be doing that. Thank you for everybody for being patient. But right now, let's bring on the voice of the NHRA. He's gone. Where did he go? I was just getting ready to click on him and he disappeared. He's having internet issues, I think, out there in Tucson, Arizona which is a bit of a bummer. Ron is going to be joining us as well. Let's see what everybody's got to say while we wait for Reinhardt to reconnect. Blake can't wait to hear from Erica Anders. I've already heard from her in the media center, and she was very, very happy. That's all I can tell you. Erica was very happy. And yes, the long you know, national nightmare is over. Erica Enders got a win and oh, watch out from 14th to eighth and one day in the point stands. It's pretty amazing. Uh, Facebook user says, how about those legends of nitro funny cars? Ask Ron what his take is on that series. I know what his take is. Bill's in the series. Ron's all into it. Uh, I know it. All right. Reinhardt's working on his deal. Yeah. Where was he? He had to grab a Budweiser says the, the Yeti. All right, let's, let's bring him on and watch what he's doing. There he is. You have an internet Sorry, What's Sorry about that. My computer's doing something weird, so uh had to switch over to the phone. Sorry about that. Smash it right here on the air. Just get the hammer out and just start smashing. It works for me. Yeah. How you doing, Alan? What's going on? Great. What well, I mean, we got to experience two amazing races in 48 hours. That's uh, uncommon, but awesome. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, classic good news, bad news. It was great for the folks in Bristol, but, uh, you know, hate it for the for the fans in Epping that didn't get to see their race because it really did turn out to be pretty spectacular. But, uh, you know, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, we still had a little bit of a rain shower on Sunday morning in Bristol that we had to deal with, but we got everything handled and got everything taken care of. And if you were a fan of the Camping World Series, it was a big, big weekend, no question about it. It really was just so much going on and the mission foods too fast too tasty challenge. They threw it in right on top and uh, during the semifinals of new England, just a lot of stuff uh, going on, running and gunning and making it uh, happen. Uh, Ron cap's going to be joining us moments from now. So we'll talk about Ron when we talk to Ron, but Justin Ashley, Allen, four wins on the season. Nobody else has more than one sweeps the weekend. Got it figured out at what, Many of the crew chiefs told me it was one of the most challenging of all racetracks. Well, Bristol's got a little bit of personality simply because it's got the two tunnels that go across it. And as the weather changes, the tunnels expand and contract. So you end up with some bumps out there in the middle that you've got to deal with. And that's just part of Bristol. Um, they definitely, you know, they did some grinding a couple of years ago, so it's not as bad as it was, but it's never going to be perfectly flat simply because the tunnels are going to be constantly moving. So that's something that you have to deal with. Uh, one thing that I thought was good, though, and, and you know, Brandon and the team there, and, and I know they worked with Kurt Johnson when they were trying to smooth it out, but lane choice really didn't seem to be any kind of an issue in the nitro categories. It was a little bit more probably in pro stock, but in the nitro categories, we saw good runs on both lanes. We saw close racing out of both lanes, and they just figured it out, you know, resetting the track speed record that he already held on the last run down the racetrack on Sunday afternoon, I think was a testament to just how comfortable they were. And the other thing is, you know, Winning two top fuel races in the same weekend, the last time somebody did that was 2014 when Tony Schumacher did it in Dallas, and we were finishing up whatever race it was before that, and I don't even remember, but we were finishing up. It wasn't a complete race, but Tony won uh, the continuation of the race on Saturday and then came back and won the uh, Texas Motorplex event on Sunday, and his crew chief that day was Mike Green. Huh. Wow, what an incredible tie-in, right? Mike yeah. has been – they've been – hit and miss they've won four races and they've been out first round a couple of times but i have to think that it's not you know accident stuff like they're they're working on stuff they're figuring things out but i would take the four wins like that's a no no uh no brainer you take four wins uh with some inconsistency and you try to bring the inconsistency uh out of it uh rather than not getting wins. And so that team right now, they seem to be really knuckling down. And their driver, oh, my goodness. Like Justin Ashley, I asked him in the media center when we were doing the Epping deal, and then I followed up. Consistently, consistently great. And when Antron won his title, and uh, any driver that goes on to win a title, you got to be consistently great, and Justin Ashley is talking about reaction time. Yeah, he's just, he's pretty amazing. You know, the fact that he's leading the league uh, and he doesn't red light and he doesn't get rattled. And I think the worst light he had all day was 50 in the final and he still left first by one thou, but he still left first and he's got himself a good car. You know, when you've got a good car, it gives you a lot of confidence as a driver. And from a tuning standpoint, when you know your driver is going to do a good job, if you get up there and go, man, these guys are running really good. You know, do we try to push? Do we try to maybe go over the edge or do I just go up there with a car that I'm comfortable with and let my driver make the difference? And when you have both of those things going for you, uh, that you got a lot going on. It's kind of funny that it's, it's a little bit of an inside story and I probably shouldn't tell it, but yeah, what are they going to do? Uh, a few races ago, one of the crew guys was talking to Mike Ashley, Justin's dad, and they made a little side bet 
about, you know, the guy's like, hey, man, I could use a little help with this. I could use a little help with that. And Mike said, tell you what, if we win the race, I'll help you out. So he did. And he did for the team. And so that has started kind of a little tradition. We're going into the race. It's like, well, you know, like, what's our bonus this weekend kind of thing? And so Mike told him going into the event this weekend, he goes, okay, here's the deal. You know, if we, uh, if we go to the semis in both, you know, here's your bonus. If we go to the finals in both, here's your bonus. And if we win both, ha, 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 here's your bonus. And I was talking to him in the winter circle. He's like, these guys are costing me a lot of money. And I said, you're not complaining. Right? He said, oh, heck no, no, we keep doing this all year long. But, and it's the typical thing, right? How, how often did we talk about it with the Capco boys? They're winning. They're having a good time. They're enjoying going to work every day. They're enjoying being at the racetrack. And all of that good mojo and all of that good momentum just continues to build and build and build. And as long as you can ride the wave, keep riding it, man, because, you know, it ain't going to last forever. You know, will it last a season or two or four? I don't know. But they're having fun. They're winning races. They're all pulling in the same direction. They just right now have it all going on. All right. Our guest is here. Let's talk funny car. Uh, You know, both races. Uh, and this guy was involved in, in both races in both ways. So let's bring him on. Ron Caps, our defending champion, back-to-back, three-time overall, joining us because he's getting ready to go to Hawaii, Alan. He's uh, like, we're getting this in right now. And there he is. What's up, Caps? Congratulations. Oh, man, I just made it. Can you hear oh, me? Yeah? Right? yeah, everything's great. Yeah. Where were you? What were you doing? You mean you just made it. What happened? I got one day home, and I had to pick a motorhome up. I had to run errands. Uh, a lot of stuff one day wow thank you and you know when you win allison keeps me busy a lot of media stuff so glad uh glad we got to do this today thank you for doing this no thank you for doing this because i know you're going to go to hawaii and the next week we're going to be getting ready uh, ready for norwalk and and it's just it's nice to get a big one out of the way and of course uh you know this way alan can ask pepper you with questions as well um, and, and this is a huge win. Bristol, seven overall. You become the all-time leader at Bristol. Like, that's pretty crazy. Crazy stat. Crazy. You know, even I remember last year, we we were we blew it up. You know, it went over the bumps, and whatever happened, it ended up pretty big explosion. And I thought, okay, the Bristol mojo isn't going to happen this time because you always come in, and, you know, Hagen's always giving me a bad time, and all these guys are saying, man, we might as well just write the check, right? And sure enough, we're going through the day. We got Force and we got Chad Green, and it's just a murderous row. And I thought, man, it's going to be a tough one. And then, of course, Alexis and Dell in the final. And it just you, you wonder if it's just going to keep going. And then there, there I was taking the turn out at the end and grabbing another Bristol trophy. So, so happy, so blessed. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, you, tough, uh, tough day. Go ahead, Alan. You mentioned Chad Green. How different is the approach racing him this year for the past couple of years? Because the past couple of years, it was like, okay, we got Chad. Who do we have next? And now it's like, oh, my God, we got to run Chad. I mean, that team has really turned it around. I, I love that dude. He is uh, he is a funny car guy. I've always said I loved him in Pro Mod. And win or lose, if he beats me or outruns me, I always go over and and, and I just say, man, are we, are we having fun? I, I, and I used to say that to him last year, like, I hope you're having fun. You don't quit doing this funny car stuff and go back to just pro mod. Cause I love him being there. He's uh, the more you get to know him, the, the more funny car he is. And uh, he's got a great team, obviously with Daniel and, and Wilkerson's guys. So Alan, that's one of the toughest cars. You don't want to ever say that and then get somebody mad at you in funny car, but that is one of the, the cars that, and I told him at the other end, I said, dude, you made us, you're raising the bar. 
every time we got to race him, he's there on the tree. That car runs good, um, good conditions or or hot. So, um, yeah, it's he's going to be a tough one down the road. Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, on the there was an unfortunate moment to caps weekend but you did it the right way whereas you finished strong and that was that round one epping battle against tasca who went on to win the new england nationals you know shout out to bob he was excited about coming on wfo and we're going to make that happen as is uh possible uh we're going to talk to him sometime down the road but you were angry right and you you went out of your way to apologize and to kind of go backwards which i don't think you needed to do that um but you did it because you said you didn't sleep well because you were worried about like, man, I felt badly about it. Kind of just tell us a little bit about that. Like, what was it that was on your mind? You know, we get, you know, we get in the heat of the battle and I don't care who you are. It's Robert Hagen, Tasca, whoever it is. And I've been pretty spoiled, obviously won the championship and we've had a great race car. You just, sometimes you you're mad because you didn't think you should have lost, you know, and there, people have to understand the emotions, the adrenaline, and we just get out of those cars and I didn't go over and a lot of times I'll go over and shake people's hands, win or lose anyway. And, uh, you know, I'd had a couple issues with him staging qualifying and just, it was just, we lost the race. It was running good, started to eat on a piston a little bit and we ended up losing to him. And it ironically it qualified as number two for the Bristol qualifying. But, um, so I didn't, I didn't acknowledge him or say anything to him. And I, I thought maybe I was being a jerk down there and just walked away. So, uh, you know, his kids are there. His kids are my kids' age. They, they used to play all the time on the road when uh, we'd have our motorhomes like Sonoma. So I just went over to his trailer and apologized. and just said I wasn't the best loser. And uh, I didn't want, you know, his kids to think that um, that's the way I was. And it's tough to be a good loser and be successful at our level. And it's not easy. And it's way harder to go apologize to a guy like that after you've gotten your, your butt whooped. So, um, yeah. And Amanda had actually heard me talking to Kelly Antonelli and she overheard that and then went to the broadcast right from there. So, um, you know, that's just that that's that area down there. That is that, uh, you know, I talk about it all the time. That is uh, an area not a lot of fans get to go see live down there. When we get out of the cars, there's a lot of emotions. I've come face to face with people that I love and I race against and some of my best friends and you want to fight them when you get out of the car and it's just the way it is. So you throw all that together and I just, you know, it just bugged me. So I went and apologized to him. Um, that's we'll good. See. Yeah. Uh, well, but that's good. You, you're allowed, you know, Ron, you're allowed to be imperfect as a human, as long <laughs> as you realize it and go make it right. Like that's the deal. Like you, imperfection is okay, but you realized it and you didn't like it and you went and made it right as best as you could. Like that I think is a great lesson. Regardless, the idea you're going to be a perfect person, nobody wants that anyway. Yeah. I, I actually kind of like being perfect, but <laughs> how, how important was it to get that behind you and out of your head before you went racing again on Sunday? Because obviously he's running good, you're running good, the possibility of you crossing paths again, and the last thing you want to do is have the top ball blit and be thinking – man, I still, you know, I remember what I did the other day and it, and you can't have that. How important was it to put that behind you? It was. That's why I went over and apologized. I went and told Todd Okahara and, and, uh, and Aaron, great job. Those are two guys I've worked with in the past. Two guys are actually on my crew at Don Perdomes years ago. I'm close friends with them. Uh, so yeah, it was big. And I, 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 I didn't, people later told me you weren't a jerk down there. 
you just walked away and didn't acknowledge him. So, um, but I needed to. And again, we have to race each other a lot. We're on the pro board. We do a lot of stuff together. Um, but when that Christmas tree lights up, it's just, again, and, and, and people ask all the time, well, you know, you watch pro stock burn downs and all that nitro cars are different. You can have these burn downs. You're sitting up there with a pro stock car and I love it, man. I used to watch those pro stock burn downs. I love the staging battles in pro mod and pro stock and bikes, but in a nitro car, you pull the pump on and the fuel's already on, you're committed. And so in qualifying, you know, when somebody does it, you know, if Robert or Hagen or J.R. Todd or anybody, there's any issue or myself in qualifying with the brakes or taking longer, we're, I guarantee those guys are the first ones to come over and say, hey, man, sorry, I was trying to get it in there or I do the same thing. And just sometimes people don't and they just don't think how important that that knot is in qualifying. Race day, you do what you want. If they want to mess with me as a driver, that's fine. Um, so with that being said, yeah, it's a long year. And it, to answer your question, Al, I just needed yes to put it behind me in case we ran up against him. But he understood. He he, he came back with, uh, you know, I apologize. said, I'm sorry, I was not the best loser. And he said, dude, you're my hero. I've been, I love racing you. So it made it worse almost. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, yeah, it's, uh, it's. NHRA is a better place having Bob Tasky in it. Obviously he's a lot of fun and, um, but yeah, I needed to get it past me. Now I get it. He does real well when his boys are there, by the way, someone needs to do that stat when the boys are ah. there, he goes well. So just, I didn't just know that anecdotal evidence, but I've noticed Sonoma last year, they're there. He wins. Um, just saying when the boys are in the house, watch out. Tasca is going to run a little bit better. I think that hmm. family time does him good. Uh, good so you don't have to lock them in the uh, bathroom or something. But um, Dean Antonelli got real emotional on the starting line. After yeah, I heard that. I haven't. I, it wasn't on TV, but uh, NHRA.TV, I heard. It, it was. He got real emotional. I did an interview with him at the winner's circle that I'm going to play after you and Alan are off. And the only reason is because this is internet-based, and I think it might, uh, it might be choppy, and that wouldn't be good. So I'll wait till we clear the deal. But he got emotional again. In that interview, and he said, and I said, what's the deal? I even gave him the out, right? Or was it the nitro? And he goes, a little nitro, but no. He goes, Ron works so hard for this team, and the guys work so hard. And, you know, you know that already, but we've been so close, but we haven't done it. And so to break through, it, it was very important that we deliver a win again. And I'm thinking to myself, Dude, you just won back-to-back -back world championships, right? Like, um, and and you're you really feel. I know he's Italian, and that's part of it too. We're very emotional people, but it was just really nice to see. I know he cares a lot, but he cares all the way clearly. And this win was more than just a win. It was like the season has started. It seems. Well, yeah, my mom, who's staying with us right now, her and my son were here at the house watching and. She mentioned it too. So they're they're rabid NHRA.tv watchers all day long. Listen to Alan, watch the race, listen to you guys, all the interviews. They don't even wait for the TV show. So they mentioned that he did get emotional. And uh, so I hadn't heard it and I didn't know. But I thought, in my opinion, just hearing that he got emotional was because of the whole Medlin's not there anymore. Um, he promoted T-Buck, our car chief. We promoted with him. We brought Alex, a new kid in that never worked on a, a drag car. Um, I was thinking in my head before I, and I'm going to go look for it, but now that you mentioned that, but I just thought, you know, he's had Medlin there with him, um, next to on his 
you know, side to side for a long time, those two with Beckman's car and then with our car and what we accomplish. And so I was thinking maybe he's emotional because that is the first win with T-Buck there. And to promote a guy that really never had the credentials to be an assistant crew chief, but we knew he could, that's a big deal. And you look at some of the assistant crew chiefs, you go down and, and both you guys know this, there's some pretty talented and, and they're going to be big time crew chiefs. And it, you don't need, you never know till you put them in that position. And we've got a couple more on our team that would be just as good. So that's the exciting part. But I thought he would get emotional because that was the first win with just him there, not having, you know, I don't know, Hutch next to him as Starsky or whatever you want to call it. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to watch it. Wow. Great stuff. We'll start at the end on Sunday and work backwards. It'll be easier to find than that. Go ahead, Alan. Well, I just, I think what, you know, what Ron was getting to there is, is probably the truth, you know, for all of those years, Guido's a really, really smart guy. I've known him for a long time and, and he's been very open with me about things when I've had questions and wanted to learn things or wanted to get something clarified, but he's always been, you know, alongside Austin Coyle or alongside Jimmy Proctor or alongside John Medlin and anybody that knows him, anybody that's ever had a conversation with him, he's the most detail oriented guy you'll ever meet. You know, I love when I go over and go, well, tell me about this. And he's like, well, um, when the temperature changed a 10th of a degree and the thing, and we may, and I'm going, whoa, really? Um, and everything about it, like every detail of the car, I went over and asked him some stuff about this nitro Hemi that I'm putting together for the cackle car. And I mean, torque specs on the bolts. He's like, you know, if you're going to do this, you're going to want to go five pounds more. But if you've got this, you know, but maybe seven pounds less on the speed and, and every detail of the car is part of the reason that his car runs so well. But being the first time that he was the guy, not one of the guys or the other guy uh, to put it in the winner's circle. And I, I think that was it. And uh, if he's going to get like that every time, he better get used to it because I think he's going to have a whole lot more visits headed that direction. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. And I think it's definitely coming. Um, we'll play the video after Ron and Alan are off. And, and a young fan of yours also, you know, jumped the shot. And I had to go track down her dad, make sure it was okay to use it. And he's like, yeah, man, it's okay to use it. And so she's like five years old or something. And is probably at home uh, waiting to see this too. So super exciting. Let's talk about the final round against Alexis though. Alexis setting the ET record for hang time in the NHRA. Got a little photograph earlier. This was round one of that roof hatch going up and uh, it skied in the semifinals. I guess it was, but uh, Dell and Nikki, they had that car running. She's running great. She's won uh, the 2021 race. You won 2022 or vice versa. And this was a clash of Titans right now. And the Toyota victory had four Toyota cars in the finals. I don't know if that had happened before for wins 198 and 199. Slugger comes over and he goes, this is win 198 and 199, which means next one is 200. That's going to happen at Norwalk. So tell me about. <laughs> tell me about the run against Alexis specifically and then we'll talk about the big pressure on all the Toyota funny cars in Norwalk well obviously that car it, it has been good all year so and the, you know it was cool to know Toyota was going to win either way but um, I've had some pretty epic matchups with that team uh, they did us a favor and helped us win a championship actually when they beat Hagen uh, a couple years ago um so we knew they could run good. And we also knew it didn't matter that they were in the left lane, even if we had lane choice and we were in the right lane. So Dell, you never know. Um, he could throw down low ET at any given time. 
Guido was screaming and he was kind of screaming to himself. He wanted to put a little more primary on the car. We just didn't have time with TV. And um, so in my head, I'm like, oh, boy, if this is going to come down close, he's going to hate himself for not being able to get that that clutch on it, which it may have. You know, there was a chance it could have happened. It didn't run as good as he thought it would. Uh, she ran right there with us. She actually rolled in and accidentally double balled, um, which I've done, you know, quite a few times. So I didn't go right in. I gave her a little bit of time to compose because I wanted to make sure this is going to be a good drag race by two cars and not have, you know, her time to get her stuff done. And and we both had, uh, you know, green lights. I just happened to get a jump on her and that proved to be the difference. But uh, that could have gone either way. That's uh, thank God we got it. But uh, it was cool. I, I love her, man. She's so much fun. You know, she sends me text messages with hardcore heavy metal videos. And we always talk about stuff like that. So she is very cool to be around and uh i love racing her the statistics have shown most of the year that she has had the most consistent best car on sunday and i actually said over the weekend once she busts through and wins one of these just to get the monkey off the back get the confidence back get the, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see her go win you know three or four of the next six uh she just needs to bust through and get that one do you guys kind of feel that way too that once she gets there she might uh, she might go on a roll and start stringing them together yeah and that's what i hate about when we talk um in the media about certain people and i ask about certain cars you you, you know last year you guys i, I kind of gave the the you guys in the media a little bit of crap because it was all Robert Height and Matt Hagen. And I'm like, Hey, we're not so bad right here. And then we went out and won the race and then obviously went on to have a great season. So you don't want to leave anybody out. That was Brian and Tony that you were attacking. I just <laughs> want to point that out very specifically. That Loans and Pedregon, yeah. but um, great teams. J.R. Todd's teams right there as well. Like you talked about Alan, um, if you knew the, and you guys probably both know, how their preseason testing went talking about Dell and, and uh, Nikki and, and Alexis, it was terrible. They had a hard time. They were down there for like two weeks. And, and then what happened? Gainesville rolled around and they just, all of a sudden everything clicked and it was probably because they made all those runs and, but they just didn't feel comfortable. So again, Ron Caps Motorsports, we're an independent team. I, I'm not part of a multi-car team. Either is Guido. We don't have that luxury we had at DSR. However, we're in the Toyota family. And it's pretty cool because if we need to, and they can talk to us, we always do. Dell and JR's uh, car, we can talk about the Toyota Supra and different things we're doing. But um, they're 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 going to be coming alive. But I, for sure, know Dell's car is going to be there all season long, and it's going to be a factor in the championship, no doubt. Now I don't know if this is true or I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard a rumor. Um, you know, Toyota's sitting right now on 199 wins. I know everybody wants to be the driver that gets 200. Now I heard, again, I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard a rumor that there's a $200 million bonus. If you're the one that does that, is that true? Right. God, I hope so. Man, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. I would settle for that blue GR super that they have in, in the manufacturers midway. We drove by it on the staging lanes on the way and it's just killer blue. So I would hope uh, maybe that would pop up it. Yeah. We got the first win last year and I felt a little bit bad because we came on late. They, they accept us into this family of Toyota funny car, you know, teams. And then we went and got them their first win. And, you know, I wouldn't give it up, but I, I certainly felt like it, it, it had been earned by Alexis and JR to get that at one point, but we'll take it. And I would love to, to give Paul Dolishaw and Slugger and, and um, Andy and all the guys at Toyota that 200 win, that would be pretty cool. And I think you or Guido or somebody had said, don't forget if we can get there, 
And there's two Toyotas and Top Fuel and Funny Car and a chance to take it. Funny Car is run before Top Fuel. So we do possibly have the advantage us Funny Car Toyota people over Dragster, Ashley and Antron and, and all them. So we do have that in uh, that little extra bullet. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be great. It's a two to win number two hundred is next for Toyota, and it's amazing they put out a sheet of who had won races for them and all the different people who have helped compile those two hundred. But two hundred is huge, and that will yeah. be coming up for the funny car racers potentially at Norwalk, and then maybe the top fuel racers can get it, or maybe not. You know, it's been very difficult. And the big two, you mentioned Hagen and Height. The big two is definitely a big three. Come on now. You won the championship. You lead the points. But looking at everybody else, Chad and Tasca and Wilk, you know, Wilk and Tasca have got wins. Like, it's just wide open in funny car, and it's going to be fun from here on out. Uh, let's let's talk a little Norwalk, and then I wanted you to tell us what you're doing in Hawaii but uh, Norwalk, right? Bader's Track, a place that you have been many times, not just for our national event, but for the night under fire, and they know how to do it right. And we've had such great crowds. I know we're going to have a great crowd there. Yeah, it always is, and we're looking forward to it. It uh, We are doing night under fire again this year with Force and I think Robert and a bunch of people, so that's that's going to be fun. But, yeah, it's just a great race. I mean, he, he does it right. The fans know it. And, uh and over the years, it's been pretty tricky conditions. In fact, when it, it, it got hot, you know, that Friday, I think there, we had pretty high track temperatures. And we talked about it in Epping, having some conditions that were warm at one point. And everybody references Norwalk, because those are where you see the 130 plus track temperatures. And it's always, you lead into Denver, which we know is going to be mile high and could possibly be those kind of track conditions, but we have the cooling track early there. Well, Norwalk, I mean, we've seen conditions where it's upwards of 140 degrees track temperature. So that's where I love having Guido and our team, you know, guys that can adapt real quick to those conditions. And we've got to tune up for it. And uh, and then it brings everything out as a driver because, you know, you got to be on your game, first of all, in case you got to pedal it on Sunday. But you really got to drive it carefully. And I mean, so carefully when it's that hot out. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it and just try to keep this momentum going. Alan, any additional questions for Ron? Not not about Cleveland, but uh, I do have a question about Hawaii. Let's do it. Let's get into the Hawaii deal. All right. You're what? You're leaving tomorrow, as I understand it. Yeah, we do it. It's an annual trip. I've been doing it since 08. And uh, I, I, I got to tell you guys, I've gotten calls from NHRA president. I've gotten calls from President Napa. When they're over there, we've filmed so many commercials over the years. The Hawaiian Islands is drag racers. That it might be some NASCAR, some IndyCar, some Formula One fans, but it is NHRA fans. I can't tell you how many fans there are. And they got a great track on Kauai. They got a really cool track in Maui, and I'll be there Maui uh, Saturday night. These are NHRA sanctioned, one, two of the oldest tracks in the country, actually. And uh, these cars, you'd think, okay, like for Maui, for instance, I was blown away the first time I went there. And how many cars just came out of the woodworks? You're thinking. We're on an island. Where do they all come from? I mean, there's super comp, super gas, willies, front engine dragsters. It, it is pretty cool, and it's a little laid back, but um, we do it every year. So I run around. We're going three islands in four days with about eight or nine appearances, and they're all for our Napa people, but it's a lot of our fans. So um, all you got to do is go to Vegas in October to that race, and you see all the Hawaiians. They all come to that race, and it leads into SEMA. But it's just a huge amount of NHRA fans. So it's really cool. The first time I went over there, I drove for Roland, and I was like a rock star. When I got off the plane, I had people recognizing me, and I thought, this is pretty cool. I mean, 
But at that point, that made me realize how big drag racing is over there, first of all, but how big a deal Roland Leong is. Right. Is that because of Roland? Is Roland the reason that uh, the Hawaiian Islands love drag racing so much? Because for so many years, he carried the Hawaiian number one and kind of repping the whole area for everybody. That's the first I heard of it, right, on the side of a funny yeah. car. This I've been in a gift shop. I've been in a gift shops, major, major gift shops, Quicksilver, other gift shops on different islands. And you walk into all this apparel and there's always a rack of old school Roland the Young with the old dragster, Winter Nationals. They're always in there. So that'll tell you right there. It's it's pretty neat to walk in there and, and it makes you proud. You look around and you're like, man, that's pretty cool. It's right here in the middle of all this surf stuff with all these huge brand names. You know, speaking of Vegas and Hawaii, I remember one night uh, there was this big kahuna suite. Um, yeah. is, that, is that the way you get treated in Hawaii these days? That was my twin brother, my evil twin brother, Alan. But yeah, and I don't get not quite that well, but pretty darn well. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Before we let you go, I just want to say thanks. Uh, we went and had some barbecue on Thursday. I know you and Alan did it in Arizona. And I was invited to be your guest on Q&A, which I imagine will be released. I got a couple of photographs, but Matt was our host and we chowed down like we stuffed our face. And that just goes to show you that you can eat heavily and still go be victorious. You did not slow down at all. And you did not. No. Hey, I bought a bunch of it to go. You were there. Yep. And I put it in my motorhome at the track and I ate it for dinner every night, even Sunday night, because I had an early flight out Monday morning. I mean everything i had ribs i had that stew i had the tacos he made the brisket and i ate it literally that was my dinner every night was that order i took to go so man that place was good yeah that's it bristol garden and grill uh and when, when does that come out i'm sure ali puts it out or uh or it'll cast be out this week all right don't, don't you worry joe it'll be out I'm and you'll excited. be the second person to know it this is like my big opportunity, right? To go and, and, and get on a Food Network style Well, show. we're only doing bloopers on yours. We're not doing any of the good stuff. Oh, my God. It's going to last an hour. Hey, there's a lot of them. There, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. We were stuffing our face. Jason Logan was telling me, he goes, dude, did you not eat for like two days before that? And I was like, well, I did take, make sure I was hungry. He goes, you didn't even talk. You just ate. You left Ron. Uh, submarined by himself on there yeah alan he kind of took the show over man it was like he just ran with it it was great you'll have to tune in and check it out yeah fun time but, hey i i picked a pepper i finally got to pick a pepper so i don't know what how that saying it was pick the peter picked the pepper piper ron caps picked the pepper yeah i got to pick an actual pepper that that guy grew there and we all ate it that was cool yeah, we all shared a pepper. It was kind of weird, but fun at the same time. <laughs> all right, Ron, great job. Thank you so much for spending a little time with us. Have fun in Hawaii, and we'll see you in Norwalk in uh, not very long next weekend. Sounds good. If, if you ever need an MC on that Hawaii trip, I'm available. Be careful what you wish for. A bag carrier, whatever. I'm, right? I'm yeah. ready. I, I, I actually went the first time I was on Maui, I took my rental car, and I just went out Saturday night and entered Maui Raceway Park steals because – I'm, but I love the place. I mean, the bunkers, the old airfield strip um, feel to the place. Really, really cool place. It is. Looking forward to it. Excellent. All right, Ron, be good. Thank you for making the time for us. Have fun. There he goes. Ron Caps with us here on WFO Radio. I've never been to Hawaii. It just feels so far away, right, to go to L.A. from Miami and then go an additional five hours. But one of these years, I think I'd like to plant the flag out there. Well, what you do is you just go over there after the World Finals when you're already there. And then, you know, leave there, you go to LAX, it's nonstop over to whichever island you want to go to and then have at it.
I tell you this, and this this is kind of funny. Nobody believed us. If you're if you're a longtime drag race fan, NHRA fan, you're you're going to say to yourself, "What?" The first time I was going to Hawaii, and this was uh, early two thousands, I guess. Um, I was going over to Maui. I have a friend that lives over there, and said, "Hey, come on over. I'll show you around." And I went, "Sure, why not?" Right? I'm crashing states off my list. And there was an NHRA crew chief that said. You're going to Maui. And I said, yeah. And he said, you have to do the bicycle Haleakala thing. And I said, the what? Um, Haleakala is one of the two volcanoes that form Maui. And it's like whatever it is, 11,600 feet tall or something like that. And they have a deal where you drive up to the top and they put you on a bicycle and push you off the edge. And you ride all the way down. And you can go from like 11,000 feet to zero because you literally ride to the beach he said, it's the only place in the world you can do it. There are plenty of taller mountains, but there's no place where you can go from all the way up there to zero in that deal. And he said, you absolutely positively have to do this. We do this every time we go to Hawaii. My wife and I said, you have to. And if you don't do it, I'm never going to speak to you again. You won't ever be allowed in my trailer again. Wow. And who would you think fitness guru crew chief from the early 2000s would be the one that tells me, this is the coolest thing ever. You have to do it. And I do it every year. I have no idea. I'm Tim Richards. Oh, really? Really? That makes sense. Him and Kim and it was button. really, really cool. Yeah. He and Kim, it's part of their annual uh, pilgrimage when they were going to Hawaii. And it's a really cool deal. You stop halfway down, they do a sunrise deal and you stop halfway down and have breakfast or they do a midday thing and you stop halfway down and have lunch. And so I'm talking to concierge at the place where we're staying. And I said, you know, we need to set this up. Da-da-da. And he said, which one do you want to do? And I said, well, the sunrise thing has got to be the one, right? He said, oh, yeah, absolutely. Just unbelievable. Above the clouds, watching the sun. He said, you absolutely nothing like it. I said, man, that's me. Sign me up. And he said, OK. He says, the bus will be by to pick you up at 2.15. I said, what? <laughs> he said, 2.15. I said, AM? And he said, well, yes, sir, because you have to get to the top of the volcano before the sun comes up. I said, tell me about the lunch thing. He said, I'll pick you up at 730. He said, sign me up. So you I did, did lunch. lunch after yes, all I did. Just because you didn't have to. 2.15 AM to go get on a bicycle? You never go to sleep. That's the deal. But yeah, I get I get it. No, I get it. I, I, I feel what you're saying. All right. We got to talk factory hot rods. Um, Erica is back. Right. We had said Norwalk. You had said like when at what time do we begin to panic for Erica? And you were like Norwalk. And she got it in here at Thunder Valley with a big win over Derek Kramer. Those guys have made four final rounds in a row. And it's been amazing to watch that team really come to the front. And they are now second in the points. Erica moved up, for, I think, from 14th to 8th. But so good to see Erica like shed the unnecessary weight of not running well and go out there and have a strong performance. Well, she definitely had a good weekend and the entire elite team did. They qualified in the top three spots for that race. Uh, you know, now remember ProSoc wasn't at Epping, so they didn't have the opportunity to do the double and do that kind of stuff. And they had a great race. I give them full credit for that. I'm not quite ready to say, okay, from there here on out, they're going to run the table. They had a great race. You're going to have to show me more than one great performance before I'm ready to say you're officially back. But I don't think there's any question that it was a big step. It was a big confidence builder. Um, you know, there was just a lot of wackiness out there, right? When, when's the last time somebody broke a connecting rod in a burnout in pro stock? But 
Um, the elite team did run well. Again, all of their cars ran well. Eric in particular qualified number one. I uh, had a great, great car out there. Um, you know, the quadras ran really well as well, <laughs> especially Christian. He is uh, becoming more and more impressive every time I see him. So I'm looking forward to getting to Norwalk and see if they can build on that momentum. <laughs> Big Excuse momentum. Me. Uh, yeah, no, no worries. Um, big moment, Christian and David, first round, they were our marquee matchup. That was pretty cool, very fun. Antron and Brittany on the stage. Like, this was a particularly fun week for NHRA.TV. A lot of moments that maybe didn't make NHRA on Fox, but for the NHRA.TV people that, you know, might not have even been friendly for the people on NHRA on Fox, the Antron and Brittany thing. That was kind of a fun uh, moment, to say the least. But, yeah, uh, and totally organic. I had forgotten that Brittany had picked Antron in the first ever call out, but it just popped into my head like, oh, yeah, you know, you guys. And then it just uh, it was like an avalanche of comedy for the next five minutes. Well, the thing about Brittany and you remember when uh, when we used to do the Mr. NHRA stuff for the female number one qualifiers, yes. you know, when we had the, you know, the big greased up fireman come out and be Mr. NHRA. And, you know, you probably yes. Google that and you know, find pictures of our big greased up fireman. But uh, the fact that she would always get into that and she'd always have fun with it. Brittany is a tremendous personality, but it doesn't always necessarily come across in her top end interviews and stuff. And I wish that she would show a little bit more of that playful side more of the time. Um, you know, she's obviously a tremendous race car driver, won a couple of championships and look at all the track records and things. But sometimes I think she's maybe a little too business focused when she gets out of the car. But again, just tremendous personality and a wonderful lady. And I just, I wish she'd show a little bit more of that um, other than just the occasional moments like that. Yeah. The game face, you know, it's on and, and she's uh, focused, but at that moment it was great stuff. You guys can go watch on NHRA.TV. I'm sure. I think it's out there on, uh, on the Twitter, in fact. And then the, uh, the streak of undefeated for Gage Herrera comes to an end in the final round at Thunder Valley. Steve Johnson, his brand new body, uh, freshly mounted by uh, Mike Mullaney and those guys. Gage goes red and, you know, only 11 thou, right? He had been 10. He had been 19. Uh, first round with Ron Torno, Torno uh, launching on nothing. That distracted him a little bit. But Gage was a bit of a machine. But in the final against Steve, I think, I don't know, I think he might have learned a little bit of a lesson. Like, you don't need to be 10 every time down the racetrack when you got a bike that's got everybody beat by a couple of hun, but I think 15 rounds is pretty impressive. I think it's very impressive. And, you know, he's not going anywhere. He's going to bounce right back and he's going to be, you know, a force all season long. And unless somebody can show me between now and Indy that they've closed the performance gap a little bit on that thing. And I mean, I'll, and I'll even put Eddie on that list, right? I mean, by coming out of the same shop with the same technology and the same power until somebody can show me they can run with him. I think that, you know, he is on pace to have, one of the best seasons ever. Um, I do think it was interesting though, like going into the final, I mean, everybody, I think even NHRA.com had the headline up, headline up that said Herrera wins. Um, except me just you know, at the risk of like patting myself on the back a little bit, I just, you know, going into that final round said point blank. You know, don't, it, it ain't over. He, he's never raised Steve. He's never raised. And it's funny. We were having a conversation in the tower and I had about 15 guys going, how much you want to bet on that? And then after the red light came on, I turned around and looked at everybody and they all went, ooh, ooh, ooh. but yeah. I just, uh, I had a feeling, I don't know why I just had a feeling, you know, Steve, um, you know, the making the big investment, getting the new body work on his, on his bike, getting all that to try to up his program. 
um, certainly needed it, you know, needed the, needed the little financial help and needed the stuff. And I just had, you know, you, you ever just have a feeling when you're standing up there and you go, you know, um, but I am funny. glad that I, I, I'm glad that I said something about it beforehand because every time you, and you go, you know, I saw that coming. They go, yeah, sure you did. What but, was uh, funny was that, and people need to understand. And if you haven't been to a race, this is probably something it's the last thing you're thinking about, but the racers can hear Alan, especially the pro stock motorcycle racers. A couple of races ago when we were back at Chicago, you know, mentioning the story about Gianna and having a tough time out there. And Mike Salinas turned around and is like, Hey man, do we really have to hear about that again? Like they listen and they hear and they can't not hear. It's not even a choice, really. You're in the water box when you fire the bike, sure. But Steve actually like looked back at you and like yeah. connected with you uh, while you were telling that story. And you're like, hey, man, you brought it up here, right? And he's like, yeah, I, I guess I did. I guess I do think I can win. So we'll see. And, uh, and you know, Gage goes red by 11 foul. But, but that's I, I talked to him in the winter circle and I said, well, I said, I have more confidence than you. And he said, I'm listening to you up there going, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's, you know, and, and it's fun. And again, that's one of the things that, you know, you, you get to be a part of when you come to the event, but, uh, I was, uh, you know, I mean, I get one ride every three years, so I'm, uh, I'm pretty proud of the one. Yeah, well, that's it. That's it. And, uh, we'll have Steve Johnson on and we'll, uh, you know, we're going to have E and, and Bob Tasca was super excited about coming on the show. Obviously this is uh, our final show of the week, uh, this week, father's day weekend, clearly pro mod, Justin Bond, Chris Thorne, the two race wins. Great pro mod racing. Paul Dagrapont, the only downside, uh, tore up a race car, but came back to the track uh, the, yep. the following day. And um, just so much goodness going on. Uh, someone had said earlier that I should ask about uh, the Legends Funny Cars for, for Caps, and I didn't do that because I got so into the conversation, I didn't even put up any of our comments. But I'll ask you to talk a little bit about that. You know, pro mod, the Legends Funny Cars, just everything. We were loaded with goodness. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of good stuff going on. And Bobby Cottrell, who won the Legend Funny Car portion of the program, he and Ron Caps are buds. Bobby actually came to Winter Circle. Uh, they had a picture of the two of them there with the trophies, you know, the two Funny Car winners there. Um, but they, you know, put on a great show and had a lot of fun. And the pro mods from top to bottom, other than Paul's incident, it was fun racing. You know, Mike Castellano making his way back into the final with a car that he borrowed from Khaled and then going up against uh, – uh, against Chris Thorne and, and, you know, it was good. It was certainly a good weekend for Sheik Abdullah who picked up two more trophies for his collection over there in the kingdom of Bahrain. Um, there was one other, this little note though, that I thought was, was pretty cool. And I had talked to Brandon from the track on Friday night and I said, Hey, what do you think of this stupid idea? And he said, man, we got to do that. And since we were running the Epping race on Saturday, or to the concluding it at least on Saturday, you know, what does a winner do in Epping to go celebrate? What does they do? Uh, what does a person, they go get a lobster dinner. They go get, you go lobster, get a lobster dinner. dinner. Right. So we're racing the Epping final in Bristol for the pro mods for funny car and for top fuel. And the racetrack provided a red lobster gift card for each one of the winners. So that after they won Epping, they could go celebrate with a lobster dinner. Cause you know, they don't have Red Lobster and Epic. So that was a real bonus, I thought, you know, for these guys to go get to experience something that you just can't do in Epping and uh, and still have lobster. Bob Tasca, I thought he was going to fall over. He was laughing so hard. Um, he said, you know, I've never been to a Red Lobster in my life. I said, well, now you got to you know, When you live in Rhode Island, you don't spend a lot of time there, I think. But I thought it was really cool that the track decided that, that they would jump on that. Uh, but, you know, Justin Ashley and, and, and um, 
Justin Bond and Bob Tasca all got, at least they had the opportunity to go celebrate their New England win with a lobster dinner, courtesy of Brandon and the guys at uh, Bristol Dragway. Bristol Dragway is great. We, you know, we build these relationships with these people and you see how hard they work, but the crowd Saturday was huge. Sunday could have been a little better because we had threatening uh, skies, but Saturday was huge. So many people there, the photos of the pits, you could not move, but in a good way. And we raced to completion Saturday night. So we were both there late, but it was very fun. Monty Bogan and Fletcher. Did Fletcher also have a 002 reaction time? Was that side by side 002? No. Okay. I, no, I, Fletcher I, was 50. I think Fletcher was 54. That race was over at the start. But, uh, but yeah, Monty Bogan uh, apparently seems to like that Saturday night stuff. Um, and I, it was, it was, I believe, the right decision because since we ended up with the weather on Sunday, we would have been able to get the sportsman concluded on Sunday. But it would have been, you know, a little later in the day, I'm sure, and a little the way they were kind of thrashing around to try to get the Camping World guys done and get the TV show. So I think it was absolutely the right decision made to run them on Saturday night. And, and you know, as, as much as it makes sense and it's the right decision, I, the thing that I really don't like about it is that they don't get to race in front of the crowd for the win. They don't get to come back and be acknowledged, they, you know, you go down to the top end and of course we hear their stories and we've got them, you know, on NHRA.TV. So th there's coverage there, but I just, you know, the, the moment when they get to come down and be part of the parade of champions and stand out there on the return road with you and have all of the fans that are still there waiting for the nitro cars to go, you know, acknowledge and And I just think that's a great moment. And I hate that sometimes we don't get that. But again, I think there, you know, there was no, they, they made the right decision because even if they had stayed for Sunday, that moment wasn't going to happen. They would have ended up running after the rest of the show was over and after the stuff. So uh, it was a good decision. Uh, it was some good racing. It was a you know fun late Saturday night. Uh, it yeah, kind of ruined our personal you know dinner plans. But other than that, there was dinner plans that night. And I you know I think it was Jason Logan who mentioned like, do you know we can get some? Dinner? No, we're not. We're not getting anything. You go. I'm getting nothing. Jeff Strickland in stock. Jeremy Mason in Super Comp. Jacob Elrod in super gas matt sackman first national event win top dragster matt's been running the family car a little this weekend way to go matt sackman I, I you know i'm a big matt sackman fan like i hope to see him in top fuel someday he did a great job with his interview by the way showing that emotion it was awesome although he wanted it to finish as soon as as possible he's like whoa i was like no i got another question he's like whoo uh aaron stanfield in factory showdown bobby cottrell and hayden james winning the junior dragster shootout any final notes on Thunder Valley before we let you go and move on. No, not really. Just, you know, thanks to Jerry and thanks to Brandon and all the staff and all the people there. They're wonderful to work with. The tremendous facility. Uh, I wish we hadn't had the threatening weather on Sunday. It would have been a whole lot more fun to have the crowd in there on Sunday like we had on Saturday. But that racetrack and, and that part of the country always delivers. So we uh, pack up now and head on to the next one. Okay. Excellent stuff. I appreciate that. And uh, we will go to the next one. It will be Norwalk, the House of Bader, and America's Racetrack. Cannot wait. Alan, great job. Thank you so much. Thanks, Joe. I will see you soon. Appreciate you. There he goes. The voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, joins us each week right here on WFO Radio. A couple of questions out there. Wanted to know if Tony Wilson drove for Manny Bajinga. No, that was Todd Tuttero, says Top Fuel 173. Stands like, you know, Red Lobster gift card to millionaires. Too funny. Uh, that's exactly the point. That's what makes it funny. Not the millionaires part. Not everybody's a millionaire. Tasks case, yes. But uh, it's not what it's about. It was about 
just doing a funny little extra thing. People like that, like a funny little extra thing. That's what makes the ice cream scoop trophy so popular. It's just a fun little extra thing. Speaking of first Wally's, Jason Johnson from Johnson's Horsepower Garage getting one. And I talked to Bo right before the final. And, you know, I asked Bo, it's like, uh, so, you know, because Bo brought Jason Johnson in and he's the relationship and the whole deal's like, don't you want to be the one to give him his first Wally? And he's like, no, I want it to happen right here, right now. And so Jason and Nikki Johnson getting their first uh, NHRA Wally. And they were on Hagen's car as uh, as well. Let's see what Eddie has to say. Eddie says, uh, looking good in the blue shirt. He likes the blue shirt. He's going to be out there. Uh, everyone's telling me I need to go to Hawaii, all of that stuff. All right, let's play the video of Dean Antonelli. Now, I played it twice as like a warm-up. And, you know, Heiner who does the Hear It From Heiner show and has been to four consecutive final rounds with the Get Biofuel Pro Stock Camaro. We're going to be doing a new episode of Hear It From Heiner later today. If you love Pro Stock, just another reason to become a WFO Patreon. But he is uh, telling me, taunting me, that I don't have a, a powerful enough computer and, uh, you know, that the, the RAM that I have is not enough. I thought it was significant until he told me how much he has got. And uh, he's, you know, got like 32 gigs of RAM. That should tell you, like launching rockets. Uh, I know, but I played this a couple times, smoothed out in the middle. Let's watch Dean Antonelli at the winner's circle as best as we can. And if it's totally terrible, then I'll bail out of it. But normally I will hang tough. Hopefully everybody hangs tough because this is Dean Antonelli in a wonderful and emotional moment. Louise and Dennis, who came to the barbecue deal. There's Kelly, of course, and we've got Dean Antonelli, Victoria here, Riffle. All right, why were you so emotional after the win? Or was that just the nitro? Well, that was some nitro, but man, we've been so close this year. I think we've been four finals before that one and just haven't been able to get it done. And these guys work so hard and Ron works hard to, you know, get all the sponsors and keep everybody happy. And I just got upset because we haven't been able to pull it off. So it was just just a relief, I think. Yeah, which, but that's great though. Like months like that are great. You get emotional right now. Look. Look at you. I love it though. Well, listen, no, I'm John Kelly, 24 years drag racing power couple, being able to come here. Ron wins his seventh, win 198 for Toyota. Justin was 199, 200 is next. And whoever is in the funny car final at Norwalk is gonna have an opportunity to do that. Is that on, that on your radar as a special accolade? Well, I mean, uh, the Toyota cars are all running so good, so the odds are it will probably fall in Norwalk, and it's a good facility to race. So we want to be 200, obviously, and uh, we have a little advantage over some of the long cars because funny cars run in front of top fuel. So we have a chance at 200 before they do. That is awesome. I talked to Chad Green. He was super excited. He goes, man, when you get to the semis, though, you got to run up against these big guys like Ron Caps, and they're just so tough. That 91, that was a big pass. Yeah, it was actually similar to the first two rounds. Um, I just didn't really <clears throat> tune it up, and I told them lane choice is going to be big in the, you know, the ne next couple rounds, so we got to, like, th be razor-thin stage, and, and so he was thin, and Got a good ET out of it, and the cars run so clean. The guys are doing such a good job putting it together that I actually kind of softened a little bit in the final, just nodded away because the bumps at the second tunnel kind of make it a little edgy down there. I didn't want it to get loose. All right, we're going to let you go celebrate. Congratulations. Tremendous victory. Ron Capps seventh here at Bristol, and he is now the winningest 
racer here at Thunder Valley, from what I understand. Congratulations. I goes that. That that's what, awesome. what I understand to be the facts as of this moment. Same two cars won last year. How about that? It's crazy. Yep. It's crazy. And I see, I heard the brothers yep. are on, uh, one on Caps, one on yep. Just uh, Amazing. Imagine awesome. that. Way to go. Congratulations. Right. Thanks, man. Later, Dean. You want to be on? You want to be on here? You think Ron Caps is amazing? Yes, he's amazing. What kind of amazing? Like why? Because he's a good driver. He's a nice person. He's a nice person, and, and he's sweet. There you go. What's your name? Brenlin. All right, Brenlin. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Wait, are you, is this gonna be on the news? It's not gonna be on the news. It's gonna be on WFO. Where's your mom? She around? I need permission. I need. Oh, your dad? Are you a racer? My dad's Oh, well then, there it is. I got your word. I that sounds. <laughs> How about that? And her, I did track down her father and I asked his permission and he said, absolutely. And hopefully she's out there. Was it Brenlin? Thank you so much. It was a little choppy. I have no idea. I don't think it's my Ram, man. I think it's something with the, uh, with the uh, program that I'm using. But the bottom line is you got the gist of where we were going with Dean Antonelli right there and uh, how deep and how emotional and how significant this win was for T-Buck, for the entire team, the Worths, everybody that was involved. And yeah, the same two cars won it last year. All right, let's put some comments in the comment section, guys. Let's see what you guys have to say before I bounce on out of here. Uh, and what can I say? It was a tremendous weekend. Rodaxcoffeeandgrills.com. You want to support WFO? You don't want to be a Patreon. You don't want to do all that stuff. You don't want to buy any cool swag. Just call Marvin and get some coffee. 817-924-6821. He's going to be with us down there at the Stampede of Speed at the Texas Motorplex. It's going to be great. I'm super excited about it. 817-924-6821. Call Marvin. Tell him you heard about it on WFO. Also want to shout out to the folks at Racing Junk. That's right. You know, I've been working on Project Pontiac. Everybody knows that. Gary Stinnett's got the power plant, and we're trying to figure out a way to go NHRA Super Street Racing with an old bracket car is what we're trying to do. That's the hook, right? I want to be able to say I ran at an NHRA points race with my own car at some point. And Project Pontiac is born. So now I'm on there looking for like throttle stop timers. I'm on racing junk, looking at everything. And if you want to check out some of their stuff, go to WFORadio.com and just click on classifieds. They will definitely uh, point you in the right direction. That's a brand that's been very big in the world of automotive in a long time. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, the Dragster Adventure. I can't say for certain if they're sold out for Bandamere, but if they're not sold out for Bandamere already, I'd be shocked. Like they should extend it and stay like five extra days. If you want to drive a dragster, the cheese, cheapest, easiest way is by going to frankholly.com. So go to frankholly.com, give them a call, tell them you heard about it on WFO Radio. And just in case it's not sold out already, 866-480-7223, Dragster Adventure, July 24th, Bandamere Speedway. And I think that's after the event. Think about it. You driving down the track that we're going to lose, um, you might as well log it in in your memory books forever. And then there's samtech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Start your education with full speed. We say it all the time, but in the end, if you're a relatively young person, if you're a veteran, they're approved to train veterans under the GI Bill, call Brian Massengill. Tell him you heard about it on WFO and ask all the questions you want. Pepper him with questions. Simple as that, samtech.edu. After the big total seal honing class with the folks at Rottler who are have become great friends, we need this in our country. Like we need it. 
we need doctors and we need teachers and we need firefighters and we need police, like things that we need. We need machinists. We've got to have them. And of course, everybody else, Total Seal, FTI, Foggett, Bernie's and Phillips Connect really appreciate all of these guys. All right. What are your comments? Let's get your comments in this comment section. And uh, just want to mention the barbecue and a with Ron Caps was very fun. We had a good time. Matt, I called him. I, I, I stumbled upon this place by accident. You know, in Bristol, Tennessee, there is an old school barbecue place up on a ridge that is the go-to, right? Old school. And I was going to go there. They wouldn't have cared if we were there or not there. They wouldn't have cared. And, and I don't think we would have been able to get in. This guy, Bristol Gardens and Grill. Name is Matt Shy. That's him on the left. Doesn't know anything about drag racing. All he knows is that he grows his own peppers in a greenhouse that he makes into hot pepper sauce and all kinds of amazing stuff. And the pandemic almost put him out of business, but he figured it out. He started doing corporate events. He built these smokers, just a great deal. And so follow Caps's social to watch the episode whenever it drops. And I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. You know, like, how did I come across? I was trying to be fun and funny, but also, you know, a good guest. Grew up watching Carson, man. I still watch all those shows. Like, that's really what I would love to do. It's just to be like a late night TV show host. Yeah, Heiner says it's Ram. You don't have enough Ram, Joe. You don't have enough Ram. Actually, there's something weird that's happening on the program, Michael, where it's like toggling back and forth to Wi-Fi. Like I'm getting a Wi-Fi logo up on the screen that you guys can't see, but I can see. I don't know. We'll get to the bottom of it. Now that I got a computer guy, Michael Heiner, he can maybe educate me. Maybe I need 50, 50 gigs of RAM. All right. Let's see what everybody's got to say uh, here as we go. Like David Eaton, complimentator, number two, WFO listener and Patreon. They have a direct flight out of Orlando. It's nine hours. Nine hours. If I'm going nine hours, I think I'm going to go to Europe first. No offense to Hawaii, only because I live in Miami and I know Hawaii is a better Miami. I get it. But again, I got the gist, palm trees and tropics and stuff like that. I would like to see those black sands, beaches and whatnot. I would like to do it. But he says, go after the finals. After the finals, I'm exhausted. I'm going to go. Then I'm going to go to Hawaii. I don't know. Derek says, go to Hawaii for a couple of days and then to Australia. Go see Matt in Australia. Well, that sounds good. I love the fact that Roland Leong has put drag racing on the map for Hawaii. And that's great. I apologize to everybody for not putting up your comments when Ron was on. I'm concerned about the internet. But now I don't feel so badly. You don't really want me to ask Ron to sing Napa Know How. No way. Here in Puerto Rico, Ron has a lot of fans, NHRA fans. We love Puerto Rico, as is, as is well. And I'm guessing I know who that is. That's Amaryllis, right? Right. I think so. Any blue chrome car liveries planned this year? One of the baddest liveries ever. Yeah, Derek, that's my favorite. That is my favorite Caps uh, deal. All right, here's another one. Why couldn't they bring the pros back to the starting line for the celebration when there was such a wait for ProMod to come back? Well, they did. There was nobody in the stands at that point. Everybody who wanted to just went to the winner's circle. And that's better. 
we paraded the pros as factory showdown was running their final and they went to the winner's circle which is right in the staging lanes which at that point everybody can just go to and a lot of people did it's the best kept secret in all of the nhra like you spend all day watching this race why would you not want to go like shake ron cap's hand you can do it you just go down to the winner's circle all kinds of good stuff could we see the pros do a Saturday night elimination race like at Regus, bit like F1? Kev, I've been, uh, we all think it's great. We all like the idea. I certainly hope there is a night race in our future somewhere sometime. Uh, we got a little taste of that, I guess, what was it, Saturday with the New England Nationals, Header Flames and whatnot. I would love for them to do that. Qualifying on Friday. Or Saturday morning or, you know, figure it out, whatever, figure it out. We've got races where we've got two qualifying sessions. We've got races where we've got three qualifying sessions. We've got races where we've got four qualifying sessions. So maybe you do a two-day race. You do um, two qualifying sessions on Friday. You do one on Saturday and then run eliminations. And, oh, you know, Saturday night. And then if you were to win the race, then you've run five times in a day. When these teams go test, they run five times in a day. Talking about Tony Wilson have a great race. Yes, he was running for Jason Lee, and he did. Friday night, it was Friday night, showed how badly NHRA needs a night race. This is not new information. The header flames, myself, having seen Gainesville final rounds, 8 p.m. Sunday night, many, many times in the past, of course. They just got to find the right place and the right track operator that wants to run on Saturday night, with Sunday as a rain day, of course. Instead of a three-day event, a two-day event. It definitely changes the dynamic, of course. You know, who would be the best to do it? And all I can tell you is this. It's on the radar. It's on the radar. NHRA is working on it. But I don't know, and I'll say this publicly because I know the folks in the office, I don't know how important they think it is. Like, it'd be nice, but, you know, we've done it in the past. They did it back in, I think, St. Louis ages ago, maybe Memphis. Um, I don't know how important they think it is. And I don't know how important it is. I know I would love to see it. Any updates on when the FX unicorn class will run? I can tell you that I saw photographs of Jerry Haas's build of Greg Stanfield's rod shop car. And it's pretty much done. It's pretty much ready to go. You know, they got another couple weeks of work. I'm talking the Lexan is in. And have everything's on. Everything's on it. Tires, wheels, sitting on the ground. It's unbelievable. Guys, the Factory X cars look unbelievable. This one in particular. And I have my reservations about the category because I love pro stock so much. And I'm, you know, I don't want anybody to start talking about how this should replace pro stock. Because I love 500 cubic inch naturally aspirated racing and I love the everybody's got the same thing. And if you're not fast enough, then the heck with you. Tough. Whereas I think Factory X is going to be a parity class where they are making parity adjustments. Um, that's the only thing that's got me concerned. The appearance of the cars. Amazing. Amazing. You are all going to love them greatly. And um, you may recall, not to beat on my chest. But when we were doing all that save pro stock stuff in 2017 or wherever it was, my solution was factory exact bodies on 
the exact cars that we have now. That's how I solved the problem. Because I think that the racing in pro stock is great and has not ever been better. It's great. The only thing that people really can't dig is the look of the cars. That's all. That's where people trip up and that it's all Camaros. But now the Quadras have solved that problem. we got a bunch of Mustangs out there. Good to see you are getting more time on NHRA TV, Joe. Good job last weekend. What, what, what are you talking about, Gary? Thank you. Look, this guy compliments me and I'm yelling at him. I'm all over that thing for the last 10 years since they launched NHRA.TV. Now, NHRA on Fox. Yeah, but I wasn't with them this weekend. They were doing their own thing. Amanda is back. And so I go back to NHRA TV. It is great for me, though. Any exposure I can get. Joe Costello for president 2024. I would love to go into politics, but I know I would immediately be murdered. And so that's that's bad. Two terabytes of RAM should do it. Thank you, Derek. Uh, I'm going to listen. I'm going to ask Heiner. on hear it from Heiner today. I'll ask him, how much RAM do I need? Because, uh, yeah. Just wanted to say thanks for the interview at the Nitro Mall. Donovan, what's up, buddy? How you doing? This kid comes over to me and he's like, hey, can we take a selfie? And I was like, all right. And it was starting to rain on us. So we went into the Nitro Mall and then he puts his arm out. Next thing you do, we're doing an interview for his YouTube channel, which is up there. And I think it's his name, Donovan Rose on YouTube. And he did a very nice interview, like you know, better than I expected, Donovan. And uh, hopefully I did a good job being your guest. Thank you for that, though. It was really great. And um, keep doing it. If you're interested, keep doing it. The reason F1 is at night is for fans in Europe and Asia to be able to watch a normal time. That's a fact, Stan. It's going to be a one, what is it? 1 a.m. Eastern start when Formula One goes to Vegas. It's going to be 10 p.m. at night in November in Vegas. Think it's going to be cold? I think so. Night race, stampede of speed. Yeah, they're going to lose all day Sunday. You got to replace that income. That's the problem. Three amazing days versus two amazing days. 100% should replace pro stock. Absolutely not, Stan. I will fight you to the death on that. Uh, figuratively, of course. But no, pro stock is probably our best and strongest category right now. Pro stock is as close as it gets. And when pro stock is not there, look, I know, no 330 miles per hour, no header flames. I get it. They're not as loud. It takes some understanding to appreciate them. But that's fine, you know? The nitro cars are amazing and I love them greatly. Go to Tahiti. Okay. It's basically the new and improved pro stock. Small blocks and superchargers. They're not naturally aspirated. So they're going to be making pulley changes and there's going to be making a lot of changes and they're considerably more expensive too. I don't know if you guys know that. I don't know. Look, I'm talking to a lot of people with this. And I know maybe you guys are too. Maybe you are too. But I'm talking to a lot of people. And a lot of people are saying that would be a mistake. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I have been testing the tires, the FX cars. They will be the new pro stock. Well, we'll see. That's that. But if it becomes a parody style category like Pro Mod and Factory Showdown, which, you know, maybe some people don't find that a problem. Right now, 2,350 pounds, 500 cubic inches. That's the model. Do your thing. They do have a rev limiter. They do have some things that they've done. But are you all really going to like it when your manufacturer gets reeled back in? 
Do we have to go very far to find an example? Oh, yeah, factory showdown when all the Ford guys like we have a precedent. We know what happens. The Ford guys in that case, maybe it'll be the Chevy guys or maybe it'll be the Dodge guys. Like we don't know who it's going to be. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. But the day your favorite racer doesn't bother to come to the track because he didn't like something that the NHRA did and they decide to protest or not show up, that's a potential thing on the horizon now. We saw it. We lived it. Normally, I don't talk about such things, negative stuff, but we experienced it. Ford racers did not like that even though they got four valves per cylinder and factory showdown that NHRA was, you know, kind of overworking them is really what it was about. Like they kept hitting them. And every time they got hit, they had to change everything in their car. And so will that happen again in FX? If one manufacturer, whichever it is, let's say it's Dodge goes out and is faster than everybody. Are they just going to let that happen? No, they're not. They're going to reel them in. And what are the Dodges then going to do? Going to get mad? Going to go home? Going to complain? We don't know. But what we do know is we just saw that in Factory Showdown a couple of years ago, and it almost killed the class. In fact, you've only got uh, two Mustangs were out there this weekend, Kevin Skinner and Del Holbrook. And Del Holbrook went to the final round and had a really quick and fast race car. It's very hard to achieve that kind of parity. Look at ProMod. What are they doing? Well, they, they figured out a solution. Every one of them has three cars. Not every one of them, but they got three cars. They got the screw supercharger. They got the root supercharger. They got the pro charger. They like whichever one they feel like has the advantageous rules is what they're running. I'm not trying to get you upset about Factory X, but whenever there's parity adjustments, it's just an extra element that people may or may not like. Now they're doing a good job. It seems in pro stock motorcycle, you know, they're, they're tacking on weight. They're tacking on weight. Uh, I can tell you Matt Smith hasn't liked it. And Joey Gladstone hasn't liked it. And a lot of people haven't liked it. And you hear them talk. Maybe that's a good thing to hear them talk about what they're complaining about. I don't know, but the look of the car, no question. It's amazing. The rev limiter factored out the Dodge. Yes, it seems to have. But also the fact that there's only one Dodge out there that is underfunded. NHRA will never factor out Chevy, period. That sounds like you're saying there's favoritism. That's what I'm picking up. Uh, a huge racing fan must say, I'm very impressed with the great things the NHRA has been able to achieve, especially after the dark days of COVID. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for acknowledging reality. I think that's great, too. I'm with you. I wish uh, other people did, but I think they are mostly. That crowd this weekend, it was packed. And it's not even about how many were there. It's about did they have fun? And everybody that came up to me, I had so many people come up to me. They were having a good time. They were enjoying themselves. They were walking the pits. They were hanging out. There was a moment where they were getting ready for nitro school. I took a walk. And at the nitro stage, Jason Logan, Lake Speed, Courtney Enders, myself, had a nice little podcast conversation about just, and we just kept looking around and fans were coming up and they were just saying hi. And they were talking about how much fun they were having. 
And we were like loving it. Like this is what it needs to be right here. And it was. And so, yes, NHRA is doing a great job. They're doing a great job dealing with, um, you notice though, Mike, nobody even acknowledges that COVID even happened anymore because it's a bad memory, right? You want to not think about it, but to have come out of that as strong as they did and become even stronger and be putting up back-to-back best seasons ever. 2022 was the best season in NHRA drag racing history, no doubt. And how do you top that? You top it in 2023, what's already shaping up to be the next best season in NHRA drag racing history. It's amazing. It's amazing what's going on out there. I think it has a lot to do with the team, frankly. Strange how NMCA can draw forwards, but NHRA can't. Seems like an NHRA problem. No, I don't think it does. I don't think it does. You know, they they wanted to make a statement. NMCA has different rules. Promod now loses points that they switch back after making the first switch. Oh, my gosh. See, everybody just tuned out already, Stan. They're confused. What? Thank you, Joe and NHRA. Australian smokes, uh, a few years ago, Australian pro stock were small blocks and they still are, as I understand it. And would you rather see that? Not me. I don't want to see small blocks. I'd rather the small blocks and superchargers than small blocks. We had a conversation about pro stock truck, right? Like we were agreeing that um, underpowered, where did that thing go sideways? It was like small blocks. No, people want faster, not slower. I love the sound of the factory showdown cars. I hope they nail it. I hope I'm wrong about it. The cars look amazing. If they can figure it all out, it'll be great. But I had planned, you know, I'm a pro stock guy. That's it. I'm a bracket racer. I like naturally aspirated. I'm a pro stock guy. I like pro stock. I'm beating on my chest for the pro stock category. Where's the, you know, the coolest stuff going on? Pro stock. If you guys don't get it, you don't have to get it. That's fine. You don't have to get it. All the bodies do look the same. They could be more like their factory original. I've been saying that now for since they made that change, since they made that change. But there are different elements that come in, like the overhang on the front nose. I was having a conversation with Hartford. What do you think? You know, the overhang on the front nose of all those cars is different. Why would you not just get the one that gives you the most advantageous opportunity to win? Hmm. We'll see. And Jerry told me that they're $80,000 more expensive than a pro stock car. Just things to think about. Ricky Smith could retire driving and make millions by being a performance factor advocate for hire. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. Like hire the guy who has complained the most about it. I think that could be interesting. Have they ever considered videoing and posting the Nitro School on YouTube? Yeah, they have. And it's a reason to go to the track. Not every single thing can and should be up on the web. We want people at the track. We've seen some sports become studio sports and TV sports and whatever. But what is our greatest hook? The pit experience. And so some things must stay in the pits to incentivize and encourage. You want to go see Nitro School, man. Joe Costello and Dickie Venables going to be on the Nitro School stage in Norwalk. You want to see Joe pepper Dickie with questions about how to make cars go down the track in 335 miles an hour? You got a question you want to ask him in person? Come to the track. 
go buy a ticket. I forget who it was I was telling. Somebody was like, yeah, free tickets. No, man. Buy the ticket. You want to support the track? Support the racer? Support everything? Be part of the ecosystem. Go to the track. Choose first title was the best year of top fuel ever. Oh, I wonder. When are we seeing Joe and Jason on pro stock motorcycles? Never. Scott, as long as lifelong fan, I have never seen better entertaining race. Oil downs have never been more entertaining. Ah, thank you for that. Unfortunate that we've got oil downs, but yes, exactly. Exactly. The work that Jason Logan is doing on the low zone stage and the fact that we got Galvin in there now and uh, Alan and myself and Hannah, and we've got this whole team going on and everybody likes each other and we're all not afraid to have fun and say funny things. And there's a whole bunch of wasted people hanging out behind Jason. And it's just a great vibe. It's a great scene. And of course I'm in the middle of it. And so of course I like it. And if you're not, and you, maybe you don't, but I think everybody, the, the feedback that I, I I'll course correct if I get negative feedback, I will course correct if I get negative feedback. I haven't gotten any negative feedback. People are loving what's going on at the NHRA national events. They're loving the experience. We've got the Norwalk ice cream eating contest coming up. Bobby Bodie, the defending champion. I hear Josh Hart has signed on to be involved. I hear Camry Caruso has signed on to be involved. I asked Gianna Salinas myself, and I was like, hey, Gianna, you know, ice cream. She's like, I'm in, before I even finished it. And I hear Chase Van Zant is going to be in it as well. So we got a funny car. We got a top fuel. Do we have a pro stock racer? Uh-oh. We're still working on it. That's going to happen out there at Norwalk. So it's going to be huge. It's going to be another massive event. It's going to be another greatest of all time kind of moment. All right, that's it for this week, guys. Got Ron Caps, got Alan Reinhardt. I appreciate you guys sharing the show. Jimmy Ryan. Am I going to do another live stream tomorrow? No, I'm not. You're going to have to live in the archive. But next week we'll be back. And we got to connect with Justin Ashley. We got to connect with Erica. We got to connect with Steve Johnson. There's a lot going on. This guy loves Logan's over the top personality. Too bad he was obsessing over one guy on some NHRA fan group that didn't like him. That's how it works. The power of negative is uh, more powerful than power of positive. You get 100 people. They love what you're doing. There's one that doesn't like it. You want to know why. But why? I was watching this uh, interesting doc on the flight home. The uh, art of not giving an F. There's a book, and now there's a documentary. And so I'm watching the doc. Get it over an hour and a half. Interesting. Interesting takes. Anyway, if you were out there at Bristol... To Dennis and Louise, who came out to the barbecue. Thank you so much. Thanks to the Masters Entertainment crew. They all came out to support me at the barbecue place. Great stuff. We had such a great time. The archive is loaded. Hear it from Heiner for the Patreons later this week. And Ignition, if you never heard Ignition, go check that out. WFO, guys.